and welcome to Your Life Rocks. This is the podcast that equips working Christian moms to create balance, clear chaos, and reach your goals in all areas of life. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, your host and fellow working mom. I'm so glad that you are here to hang out with me today. Today is episode 79 of Your Life Rocks podcast. And if this is your very first time finding us, I want to welcome you to the show. I'm so glad that you are here. On this podcast, we are talking a lot about life balance. We talk about and have guests on that share tips to help you grow in your faith, your marriage, your parenting, your health, your career, your finances, your home, and friends and fun. Those eight categories make up all of who God created you to be, and our goal is to help you create more balance in your life by setting and moving towards goals in all eight of those areas. If this is not the first time that you're here and you're returning back again, thank you so much for coming back and hanging out with us today. I know time is limited and I just so appreciate that you are here. Now, one thing you can come to expect with Your Life Rocks is everything we do is very actionable. Uh, We try to uh, give you some tips, things that you can apply right to your life so that you can really start making traction towards those goals in all areas. Now, today's episode is a little bit different from that. We don't necessarily have action steps, but I know that there are some great golden nuggets that you are going to take away. If you caught last week's episode, uh, you got to hear me share all about my story, all about my background, how I came to be here at Your Life Rocks, why it's here, why I created it, uh, what I did for my career background, all of that good stuff. And in that story, you heard me talk about my husband being a stay-at-home dad, for 10 years while I climbed the corporate ladder and jumped from promotion to promotion, a few different companies, we moved around a lot, but all the while he was that steady person for the kids at home holding down the fort. Now that is certainly not usual and in the process of living that lifestyle, we felt a little weird. Sometimes we felt a little odd um, because not everyone does that. And, you know, it was a definitely different journey for my husband to walk. It was very different for me to walk um, in that journey as well. But I think one thing to take from that is that regardless of your situation with who works in the house, what it is that you're doing, if you're working full-time, part-time, if you own your own business, if you're working for someone else, that we oftentimes can judge ourselves. We can judge ourselves on if what we're doing is the right thing for the kids, the right thing for ourselves, the right thing for our future. And sometimes it's helpful just to know that other people are in that same boat. Other people are doing the same thing. And that's what I love about the message of the guests that we have today. Today we have co-author of the book, Zag Zig Parenting, Corey Reed. And she's really talking about the unorthodox parenting approach that her and her husband took as he was a stay-at-home dad for 20 years as she climbed the corporate ladder. Now, in today's episode, Like I said, there's not necessarily those action steps, but I know that there are some golden nuggets that you are going to be able to take away to help you with the way you communicate in your marriage, to help you as a parent, and most, most, most importantly, to help you in the way that you view your own situation. thing I love about Corey is that she's funny, she's engaging, and she truly has a heart for all of us as working moms that are trying to achieve balance and do it all for the glory of God. So I know you are going to really enjoy this interview with her. So without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Well, I am super excited to chat with you because it's not very often that I meet other working moms who have the stay-at-home dad. Yeah. (laughs) And that's certainly my family. I mean, this is the first time um, my husband has really worked and Gosh, 12 years. He just opened his own business in December. Oh, 
And, oh, that's, uh, that's an adventure too. Wow. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, and I think we're, we're both blessed to have um, men that have been willing to stay home. So Mike stayed home for 20 years and it is, um, it's, you know, I, I just think there's too many issues of the mommy wars. And I think we're all just trying to figure out how to work best for our family. And that's at the end of the day, that's all you want to do, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love yes. this. You know, I want more women to be in the workplace, not at the expense of men. I just really believe in women in the workforce. And, um, and I think to get more in there and staying that we just need to encourage one another. So Amen, sister. Yeah, Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to have you on Your Life Rocks to be able to share this message and to really encourage more working moms because there is not a lot of resources out there for us. So I'm so glad that you are adding to that resource bank to help encourage other women. So tell us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. So um, um, my husband and I, Mike, Mike and I have four children. Um, right now they're 21, 19, 17, and 15. And uh, Mike has been a stay-at-home dad for 20 years, and I um, have been the career-driven mom. And we have moved about uh, four times. Each of our children was actually born in a different state for um, different career moves for me. And we have just found a way to make it work. But we love to say that um, that family is chaos and you just have to embrace the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I can relate to this so very much. I mean, we, I can't even count. I mean, literally, like, so on one time on a job application, they asked us to put down our addresses for the last 10 years and there were 11 addresses. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, what, what was my address at that? Yeah, exactly. That's a challenge. It's so bad. But you know, when you're moving around for the right opportunities and just life and it gets yes, crazy. Absolutely. So with four kids and managing a career and moving around a ton, I'm sure there was a lot to balance and to juggle and everything that you're doing. So how do you define life balance? Yeah, I would say I've not been great at this, but I think for me now, as I've gotten older, it's really finding peace in the present moment. And uh, what I mean by that is for me, I've always felt guilty all the time when I was at, um, I, I really enjoyed work. So I was a woman who really enjoyed being outside the home and, and um, doing work. But I also found those times where I felt guilty, missing things, and then vice versa when I was with my family. I was worried about um, work and other deadlines. And so I think throughout my life, I've really been pursuing that journey of work-life balance. I love that you are positive about the whole work-life balance aspect. And, um, and I've really discovered how do, we, how do we integrate these aspects well? And for me, it's really being peace in the present, wherever, whatever I'm doing, just being happy in that moment. And that's been a journey. I'm not always there, to be honest. <laughs> hey, you know what? It is totally a journey. I mean, that, that's what we teach. And, and even within the course, it's something that you're always striving to. It's kind of like saying, um, I want to be healthy. Like it's going to be yes. something you have to continually working at. It's not like, oh, I'm healthy. So now I can just go eat donuts. Like you can, but you still have to have that balance of healthy living in order to maintain that health. And I think balance is so very similar to that. Yes, exactly. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And I love too that you describe it as peace in the present because for us, I mean, we um, talk about like the three principles of balance and the very first one is having more Jesus in your life. And I mean, he's, they call him the Prince of Peace for a reason, right? So absolutely. <laughs> and we talk about, well, well, we write, um, and we'll talk about this later, but we, we, we write about in our book is we're not over, we, definitely my husband are faith-based people and have been, and that's really gotten us through many, many things. I love your I listened to your podcast recently about um, being successful and putting Jesus first, and I couldn't agree more. 
And um, we, we talk a lot of our family about God winks moments when those mm. moments when, um, you know, sometimes we're able to be present in the moment and sometimes God winks saying, you know, it's going to be okay. And so sometimes we don't notice those till after the fact. <laughs> and a lot of times it's embracing that in the moment of chaos, embracing him. And I think we've not always mastered that, but that's a, that's a continual journey too. Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. I remember um, when I used to travel all the time for work, I'm a horrible flyer, like horrible flyer. <laughs> like you would, as much as I traveled, you would think turbulence would not bug me, but honestly, like it would scare me to death. I always thought that the plane was going to crash, even if it was just like, you know, the stewardess were still up walking around. Like it was yes. not that big of a deal. But I learned in that process to, to go straight to Jesus whenever that like internal um, commotion would come up. And so asking Jesus to calm the storm <laughs> inside of me Amen. and external was something I got very good at going to very quickly, <laughs> just in that yeah. process. You know, there was a man I used to work with, and at first when I was younger, I was like, what is he doing? But um, he had a Bible in his office, and it, he, was, he was higher up than me at the time. And, but um, there were times of crisis situations, he would take out the Bible. And at the time, I was like, what is he doing? And now it's something I remember, and this was years ago, and I always admire that um, because, you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, whether it's kids, family, work, that's when, you know, adrenaline's going, you're ready to solve, and especially when you're trying to be a problem solver. And, um, and so he's kind of my, um, sensei, I think about now lately when I'm in the moment, like, gosh, how could I, how could I go for that and, and grab the Bible or pray versus, um, what I normally do, which is go right into problem solving mode, trying to solve it myself. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. I can totally relate to that. So Corey, after being such a career driven woman and pouring your life into your career, what inspired you to write this book? Yeah. When, so when my children were younger, so when they, you know, well, 20 years ago, it was not um, normal to have um, a husband staying at home full time with a, a mom and wife working outside the home. And I wanted my kids to see, um, to see themselves. So I wrote children's books on the way back and forth commuting from the train and um, published those with a friend just so the kids could see, oh, this is, you know, I, I see myself here. Because I'm a really big believer that um, any form of art, writing, books, what you're doing, when people see themselves, it's very um, calming and, and a relief to know that you're not alone. And sometimes we can all get caught up in that moment. And for me, this was really the adult version. So we wrote a book called Zag Zig Parenting, The Misadventures of a Career-Driven Mom and a Stay-at-Home Dad. Um, really, though, as my way to pay it forward, if you will, I, I'm a big believer that I know when I went through stressful moments, I thought I was the only mom that was feeling this way. And, um, and I really am encouraging of, of women, as I've said, to stay in the workplace. And I wanted to um, write stories that people could relate to and laugh at um, and then feel that they're not alone in the chaos. Mm, that's so good. That's so important because sometimes we do feel very alone, um, especially, you know, with a different family dynamic. I mean, having, cause it's one thing to be a career woman. Cause I have, yes. I have, I know many women who are very career driven, very focused, love their career. And I could totally relate to them, but their husbands were also working. Yes. So to have that interesting dynamic in the family where your husband's not working. Cause that just opens up a whole different world of just the way you communicate, the way you operate. So he was he always was that always the plan for him to be a stay at home dad or how did that happen? See, that's a funny question. So we actually met when we were sixteen, and when we were sixteen, I had said to him, "Oh, I would love to marry someone who would stay home with the kids." 
And at the time we write about this in the book that what 16 year old boy wouldn't say that if it, <laughs> if it made his girlfriend happy, first of all. Yeah. And 16 year old boys don't actually realize, you know, what raising a family is like. So um, we went to different colleges. We, we got married. We write about this story, how we came together. And then three years after we got married, we um, were expecting our first child. And I, about eh, about seven, eight months, he said, you know, Corey, I, I can't do this. I can't stay home. And I say, uh, okay, telling a type A person who's about eight months pregnant um, that her life's dream is going to change Yikes. was really brave of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but we look back and say, actually, this is a God wink moment for sure. We met a, through that process, met a wonderful at-home daycare lady who, A, taught us to be better parents at the end of the day. And B, I really have a respect and admire for people who live all sorts of lifestyles. You know, there's dual working parents, as you've mentioned. Um, single parents, I don't know how they do this. Mm-mm. I feel very blessed that my spouse um, was willing to do this. So the first year we, we, well, after our first child, we got transferred to a small town in Southern Virginia. And I said, would you try it? We're expecting number two. And that first year, quite frankly, was rough. Um, he was taking care of the kids, but I was doing everything else traditional uh, for what you'd expect of a, of a woman or a mom. I was still cleaning, still cooking all this. And one day I read a book called The Family Manager by Kathy Peel. And I said, here's your job description. You've been promoted to family manager. Um, again, I don't recommend that to your spouse. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. That's delivery. We've been through counseling for that, but we've been <laughs> nearly 24 years now. Um, so, you know, it was, um, I think you're right. It's one of those things where we don't think about it until we're in a situation where we're like, oh, that's right. Like this is, this is a unique situation because probably as you've done, we all figure out how to make it work in our own family. So it's been a journey. Um, and for us, we wanted to share those stories mainly because we look at our family, you know, family's chaos and everyone deals with the chaos differently. And to share funny and vulnerable stories, quite frankly, to help people realize that they're not crazy. They're not done yeah. alone in this process. Yeah. I think that that's so important because sometimes we can like just judge ourselves so harshly on what is normal and are we okay? And are we doing the right things? And I love so much that you said that you gave him, um, his job description. Cause I remember I did the same thing to my husband <laughs> when my first son, gosh, I think Gage at the time was only like six weeks old or something. And things just were not getting done around the house to my expectations oh, yes, when I would yes. come home from work. And so I literally made him a checklist, like a big ginormous, this is what you should do in your day. Like one of those, you know, those big post-it note things oh, that yes. like use for presentations. <laughs> I put one of those on the kitchen um, wall <laughs> for uh-huh. him to use. It, he like was the worst thing I could have ever done. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm laughing because I've done the same thing. And we write, I write in the book sometimes, like my husband always says, don't work eyes me. And it's funny because at work, we learn these tools about project management and getting things done and working back end and working on deadlines and problem solving. And so then all of a sudden you leave that and come into your home environment, which homes, you know, are small organizations. Um, there's just different emotions there, right? My husband's like, well, you gave birth to this child. It's not like you're a coworker with, you know, with them. <laughs> <laughs> and so we joke about that, that I am, I am the same way. And I, you know what we, you know, I've been very open that we went to counseling a number of times throughout the years. And part of it was my counselor finally said to me, look, Corey, um, is dust really that big of a deal? Do you really want to make that an argument every day? And something my husband does a lot better than me is he's always like, choose your battles, you know, even with the kids. And, and I would find myself arguing with a three-year-old over wearing a bow in the hair or eating chicken or whatever it was. And, 
And while, you know, there's certain things that we all have our values and standards, uh, one thing my husband excels at me a lot better is knowing when to choose your battles. And um, so, yes, I've, I have done a number of project management plans, and we write about that in the book, how Mike would spill his soda on it and say, oh, geez, the kids spilled on this list. <laughs> Yes, I know. We had to have a code word and uh, I learned not to get offended when he used it, but the code word was, I'm not your employee. <laughs> Love it. Love it. We have that. Yeah, I like that too. So whenever I would go into like work mode and be like, I'm not your employee. And it was just my way of reminding like, okay, back off, like give yes. him a space. And with, so I wanted to ask you this question because um, this is something that I struggled with as we were kind of figuring this out with role reversal or, you know, cause I grew up with a stay at home mom. So it was very different for me. Same thing. Mm -hmm. And my husband is a very laid back person and I am very, I like things the way I like things. And so (laughs) it was a little hard for me to be able to like let go of things and give him permission to just be him within the house. Is that something that you and Mike experienced as well? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I think that first year, not just that first year, but the first year we had a really tough learning. And gosh, we knew each other since we were 16. You know, we've been friends and and, and, uh, same thing for me. My mom was not only a stay-at-home mom, she vacuumed every day because one of my siblings had severe allergies of dust. And and so I was just used to some things. And um, we joke today, my husband does not see dust at all. Um, for the life of it, and it's just not worth even talking about her. You know, I keep, I keep talking about that, but it doesn't change. I guess I should. I keep trying to change that, but um, but yeah, I think it is, and I think it's also the way that he plays and interacts with the kids. And um, and at first, I was concerned about there weren't a lot of longitudinal studies about that. You know, there's great studies about fathers' interaction with kids and how there's positive um, aspects for that. But at the time we started, and I was worried, but there are. I really had to learn to appreciate that he'd had different things. And probably, like you mentioned, I traveled a lot too. So for me, what was challenging, I'd be gone out of the house, you know, three, four days a week. And I'd come home and, and it, would, it was hard for me to back engage in their system. Like those five people had established their own system in the house. And then I was like intervening. And I'm like, well, wait, I'm still mom. So um, definitely, I think adjusting to his way of doing things. And, and still, we laugh about that. We you know, we're an example of opposites attract. My husband also very laid back. Um, and I think that is an art to, to appreciate that I see things in the kids now that I'm like, I'm very grateful for that, that they wouldn't have had had I been home. So <laughs> that's so good. So I have a question for you. So you, cause it's one thing and, and you and I are both in this situation where we can look back and, yes. and kind of laugh at the things that we did or um, the lessons that we learned. So if someone is like right now listening to this podcast and they're just kind of in the thick of it, right? Like they, yes. they're coming home and having to try to bite their tongue and not doing that very successfully because things weren't done during the day the way that they thought they should be done. What advice would you give them in that moment? Yeah, you know, uh, that's a really good question. And my, my thing would be, I would say, breathe and know this moment too shall pass. Now, I'm going to say this and say, my mom used to say this to me, and I hated it when I was in the moment. <laughs> um, but it is going back to that prayerful moment of um, realizing that um, it, what I say breathe is that try not to react at the moment, like take it in, take a step back, pray, whatever it is you need to do, pray, meditate for a moment, and then really... Um, recognize that 
you know, what they say at work often for us is there's more than one way to get things done. We're supposed to appreciate diversity and inclusion and, and they train us on that. And then I really had to embrace that for the family. And at the end of the day say, is this really harming the kids? So the fact that they weren't, you know, their shorts didn't match their shirt. That was my issue, not my husband's issue. <laughs> um, but I do, I can appreciate that question you say, and it is that ability to, I would have appreciated breathing a lot more and letting some things go that really at the end of the day were not as important as I made them at the moment. Yeah. Amen to that for sure. I mean, I remember um, I had a, such a great mentor in my life at the time and really was trying to talk to me a lot about my expectations yes. of what I had. And, and sometimes it's just sh- reshifting our expectations because I would expect things to be, cause and let me just back up by saying like when I would say the expectations, it was the expectations I really had of what I would do if I were a stay at home mom exactly. that I was yes. projecting onto my husband. And so when he didn't perform into the way that I would perform or the way I expected myself to perform, then he was like guilty and punished for that. Yes. I exactly agree with you. And so I had to sit in my car. Like I remember I would drive home and I would sit in my car and I would have to like refile my expectations. Like ask myself, like, what am I expecting the house to look like right now? And just adjust it. Like, is that the expectation I would have for myself or that, or what's the expectation that really matters? Like, is the expectation that the kids are happy or is the yes. expectation that the living room is spotless? You know, you, uh, we could so talk about this for hours. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, um, I had, you know, I, I was at school conferences one day and my, when one of the teachers said to me, she's like, you know, I really appreciate that your kids are really happy. And it kind of struck me. I was like, oh, how interesting. And I thought, you're right. So the fact that, you know, shoes are all over the floor in the kitchen and whatever it is. And my husband learned a technique. He, there was a stay-at-home dad convention. And he went, he was one of the founding people and helped, helped um, a few conferences. But one of the tips one of the men trained them is, whatever that first room your wife sees when she walks in, just make sure that spot is spotless. The rest of the house doesn't matter. And I laughed and I thought, that's so true, right? We walk in and it sets the tone. And so, um, but I, I truly believe um, that you're absolutely right, that it was adjusting my own expectations. And it's so often, even when they talk about sometimes the mommy wars, the working and the stay-at-home mom, I don't really think they're wars. I think what happens is we all have guilt about where we should be sometimes, and it's our own issues. Um, I know for me, I've had tremendous moms I've seen. I'm like, oh my gosh, that mom, you know, or my kids have saying, oh, so-and-so's mom is so cool. And you feel that tinge in your heart. Right? Yep. <laughs> And so I think really a lot of times overall, it's really our own expectations that we are, um, we are feeling we're not living up to versus, you know, what's really needed and right at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now that your kids are a bit older, have you had conversations with them just about what it was like for them growing up and having you travel and dad being home? Yeah, definitely. And we, each of them wrote, a. a chapter in the book or a little commentary in the book also because we wanted to include that perspective. So my oldest probably, you know, when my, when my girls were probably in their earlier teens, um, they would say to me, Oh, I never want to be a working mom. I want to be a stay at home mom and be there for my kids. You know, a teenagers find the exact right, you know, they find the right spot to just (laughs) pull it to the heart. (laughs) Um, but it's funny now, you know, they have different conversations now. I'm not saying they want to, you know, they, I'm not saying they've gone that other way, but I think my oldest probably felt it the most because um, she probably took on the mom role, not, not intentionally. I had to really watch for that, not to make sure. Cause when I was gone, 
she, you know, typical oldest child. Um, and then the other ones, I think it's funny, just their, um, you know, their interactions. My second child was a child that uh, she loves me today at a 19 year old. But when she was three years old, she would tell me how she only liked me, didn't love me, and she loved her dad. And, you know, so it is interesting how, but again, I think it goes back to exactly what you're saying. It's our own guilt and expectations. You have this vision of what things should look like. And I have a picture in the book. I had the kid's picture taken of um, in sailor suits, a Norman Rockwell looking picture. I'm like, this is something I spent money on and had my vision of what family looked like. But then the picture below it is their real everyday life when one's spitting out the tongue, one's grabbing the other by the neck. You know? <laughs> And so I think it really, you know, a lot of times, so anyway, they put their perspective in there and they share kind of their viewpoint of what it's like from their perspective. I think it's so interesting because I think that that's really where, um, talking about expectations and guilt, where we can really kind of start to make up our own stories about how it's affecting our kids or uh, what they really think of us or how it's going to mess them up (laughs) later on in life that we're not there. But um, I do think that that is such a false thing. And I, and I do think that it does definitely play into that whole comparison game with other moms. I agree. And I think, you know, the other thing I've learned, and you, like you said, we can look hindsight now. Um, one thing that I think women tend to do is we either, we put our kids first, our spouse first, and then it comes work. And we're tend to be at the last of the list. And, and my friends listening to this will laugh at me because they know that's me, that putting myself last. But I do think it's important really to put yourself first and whether it's reading something, praying, whatever that is, um, that's important to remember that God created us all to be great features. And it doesn't mean as mom, you have to be bottom of the rung and your needs get met last. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that it's most important that we beat our needs so that we can be there for others. And as an enabler and a giver mom myself, um, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's definitely realizing that and and just allowing yourself permission and not buying into that guilt. Um, and, the, you know, again, the stories I write about are very vulnerable stories. Hope they make people laugh at us, and that's fine, because the intent would be if, they, if people can laugh or look at this and say, oh, my gosh, I'm normal, then good. <laughs> totally. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And yes. as we were saying that, you know, talking about putting yourself first, I feel like that that is such an important thing for women who are experiencing guilt, whether they are working, whether they're staying at home, because I do think it's on both sides. I know it's on both yes. sides because I yes. coach women oh, yes. who are on both sides. And there's always that guilt. But I feel like personal development and the way that we invest in ourselves and um, just evolving the way that we're thinking and our emotional intelligence can really play such a big, important role in the way that we're perceiving the things around us and the way that we handle different situations. And obviously reading things like your book where you can really relate to it and see that you're normal and kind of have a a healthier perception on what normal is, I think is really important. So I highly encourage people to get the book, but what other resources have you found to be really impactful, influential on you as you kind of were developing and growing as a person? Yeah, you know, um, I would have to say that um, faith has been right there, you know, different, different Bible studies, um, uh, you know, even studying the Bible in sections. I think at one point I would say to people, don't feel like you have to read cover to cover because that was always my stress level. You know, pick it up and read one book, you know, <laughs> read one verse or whatever. I think that's one thing. But then also, um, I find that being open with other people and I, I'm comfortable being a vulnerable storyteller that I have always found, and part of the reason why I wrote this and I put this in the book, that there's so many people that have helped me when I've shared a story. So for example, my 
my first uh, son, he was our third child. He was two modes in life. And one, and I was one day I'm running, chasing him after him. This one mom said to me, she goes, you know what? You're okay. He's a boy. That's a normal boy. And I was like, it was so like, ah, thank you. (laughs) So, um, I really think, um, being open, asking others, I love that you do coaching. I've had coaches throughout my life. I think reaching out to others, um, is really important because we, um, and, and the other person I really like is Brene Brown. She has a, she's a great series on, um, uh, vulnerability and being truthful. And, and what she says in her book about imperfect parenting is um, the reason why we're so judgmental is that no one has the clear exact manual on how to be the best parent out there. So everyone's trying to strive to be the best. And a lot of it's our own inadequacies that we're doing a comparing to. So my thing is embrace your vulnerabilities and share with others. Oh, that's so good. And I love too that you mentioned about the person who said, you're doing okay. And yes. I wonder how much everything would just change if we just said that to like one person a week. Like just oh, reach out and let someone else know like you're doing okay. Absolutely. And um, I, I don't mean to jump ahead, but I, this is just a good part that um, in at church this week, and I hadn't, you know, our, our pastor preached on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it was um, verses 8 through 11. But verse 11 was, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And it was so timely um, for me in terms of thinking about the idea of how do we continue to build people up? Um, And there are sometimes when I think about, um, uh, you know, when I think about the Bible and Sometimes people say, oh, it's out of date. It's really not. When you think about these verses, they're so timely and relevant. And God winks many moments when he comes back to you and gives you a verse when it's an appropriate time. And so just as you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's the verse I thought about. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. And that's from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11. I love that so much. So listeners, I'm throwing out a challenge for you (laughs) to encourage someone today and then pop over to our Facebook group and share how you encourage someone and maybe even share two or or encourage two people. Share how you encourage someone in your regular everyday life, just in how they are being a great parent and then share an encouraging word with someone else in the group. I think it would really go a long way because like like Corey was saying, there is no manual on what it is to be a good parent. The Bible gives us some great guidelines, but we do compare so much and we feel like we are so inadequate and we're just not enough for our kids. And so I think the more we can encourage people, it can really make a whole tide of a difference. Absolutely. And I'm excited and I'll go do that too. I'll go on their website. And do that too. I love it. Um, yes. Awesome. <laughs> I really am excited about the opportunity to talk to you. I love what you're doing. Thanks for the work that you are doing to talk about work-life balance is something that's attainable because I think the key is like you ask people to define it. People have to define it in order yeah. to know what they're trying to attain. And I would say for me, while I say it's um, finding peace in the present, I'm still searching for peace in the present every day. It's still a journey for me, but I really enjoy sharing the stories of zigzag parenting and hope that um, it can give someone else that peace in the present too. Oh, I just love it so much, Corey. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on, being a guest for this podcast, sharing this wisdom. And I hope everyone goes out and grabs your book because like you said, it really is being able to see yourself and to realize what is normal. Even if you are not in the situation where your husband's staying at home and you're working, I know that this book will entertain you. It will encourage you and it will really speak to your heart. So thank you so much for sharing it with us, Corey. 
Thank you very much for the opportunity and keep up the great work. If people want to learn more about you and follow you guys and just really kind of dive in a little bit deeper, where can they do that? Yeah, our website is zagzigparenting.com. And so all the information there, we have a blog on there and information about us, pictures of our family. So um, zagzigparenting.com. Beautiful. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well as all of your social media profiles. Certainly follow them on Facebook. And uh, again, go and get the book. Thanks so much, Corey. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So I hope that you check out the book, Zag Zig Parenting. thing I love about Corey is that she's very entertaining in her writing style, very engaging. It's a very easy book to read, but it really makes you reflect and think about your own situation and the way that you're reacting to the circumstances around you and really what you can do to make it the most positive experience regardless of whatever situation you're in with who's staying at home and who's working and, and all of those details. So I hope that you check that out. The other thing I hope you check out is our membership, lifebalancemembership.com. You know, Life Balance Membership is something that is very unique out there, specifically designed for working Christian moms. Inside of the membership, you will find courses for our Life Balance course that gives you all of those systems, fundamentals to be able to create balance for your life. It's a 90-day system that you follow. In addition to that, you also have access to our Rebalance audio course, all of our tools and resources to help you grow in all areas of your life. We have bonus content like the video that I was just shooting today for our members that is all about making a bucket list for summer with your kids. So lots of great bonus material that is in there for you. And it's less than $10 a month. So I hope that you check it out by going to lifebalancemembership.com. I want to thank you again for taking some time out of your day and spending it with us. Let's keep the conversation going. Follow us over on Instagram at your-life-rocks. <laughs> it's such a long one. Or just find us on Facebook by searching for Your Life Rocks. You can go to yourliferocks.com for a link there and continue our conversation with women just like you. So until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.